Welcome to the HU Pirate Ship Podcast. You can find us at www.hupirateship.com where we talk about the pirates. It's free and anyone can join. Verified pirates are treated to inside information about HU and HU Athletics. I'm your host, a.k.a. Tariq, a.k.a. Big Greek from HU Pirate Ship. And I'm also a 2000 alum. We also have Hamptonite from the Pirate Ship. What's going on, Hamptonite? Nothing much, man. Happy New Year to you, man. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, too. Our first time speaking uh, this New Year. So, man, good, good to talk to you and good to get this thing fired up again. A whole lot's been going on. It's been about, what, a month and a half so since we've spoken? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was a pretty good break, you know. I celebrated my Kwanzaa yeah. and, you know, New New Year. So, yeah. So, But, you know, it's good because basketball is was fresh then. I mean, it was just starting, and you don't really get an idea of what season will turn out to be. But as the season progressed, you know, we, we have come up to a pretty good idea of what we're going to see down the line. Yep, true. I think I know, I think we all know what we have at this point. As long as there's no more injuries, team is set. And uh, I think, you know, they, they've figured out what kind of uh, style of play they're going to continue for the rest of the year. So we'll, we'll definitely get into that. Uh, on this podcast, we're going to talk about, uh, go back to football a little bit. We didn't really talk about the uh, Omniac representatives for this year, so we'll go over that. We'll also talk about the Celebration Bowl, the inaugural Celebration Bowl that was completed. Uh, we'll go on to the dig into the men's basketball team and give some thoughts on what they look like and how they're looking. And then next week, we'll talk about women's basketball. I just want to make sure you guys know we didn't forget about the ladies because we love uh, the Lady Pirates, but uh, we don't want to jam too much into this show. So next week, we'll talk about uh, women's basketball. So, um, yeah, let's jump right into the, the MEAC uh, football representatives. I mean, we've been talking about these guys all year, so pretty much was uh, who we thought they would be. So for the first team, uh, T.J. Mixon, uh, he's a junior. He made the first team all MEAC as a receiver. Torian White, uh, he made uh, first team all MEAC. Uh, he's actually a senior, but he made first team all MEAC as a, uh, a tackle. Uh, he kind of swapped tackles most of the games, but I think he may have made it as a left tackle. Miles Grooms, of course, he made the first team as a uh, defensive end. He's a senior. And then Christian Faber Kenny, he made the first team as a uh, as a junior, as a, as a punter. So um, some pretty good representatives there. Any thoughts on the first team here tonight? Um, I'll just say this, Miles Grooms and I would say Torian White will be guys we will see on Sunday. Uh, probably not, um, might not be drafted, but undrafted free agents on somebody's practice squad. Those two guys have the, especially Torian White, he has the size to play at the next level. Miles Grooms has the skill and the text, <laughs> I'm sorry, the technique to play at the next level. Probably be a, a outside linebacker or, or possibly a Mike linebacker, but I mean, I think those two guys were exceptional, you know, for the Pirates to see. TJ Mixon, we have another year with them, and he's just been an exceptional talent to you know to the offense. And Christian Baker Kenny, I would just say, it's basically, uh, you know, special teams in the MEAC isn't really that good, so. <laughs> He makes it look like he's like the Morton Anderson of the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And, you know, I always got to give you props because I wasn't always a Torian uh, White believer, but as soon as you pointed out to me and gave me some things to look at, I, I've been watching and, and you've been right on about what kind of talent he is. So he gets in the right scheme, right program, gets a little bit stronger. He can definitely be, 
be a pro. So so props to those first teamers. Um, Absolutely. And we're going to miss the seniors too. So those are all good yeah. talents there. So second team, uh, David Wofford, quarterback, grad student. And then Michael Young, uh, he made the second team as well as a center. Now here's a question about Michael Young. Folks been saying that he's out of eligibility, but he's listed as a junior. And on the website, it makes it seem like he has one more year of eligibility left. You got any any insight on that? I mean, I would think he's coming back, but I've heard you know from enough people that he might not be. Well, I'll say this. He is from uh, the town that I grew up in, uh, Metro Atlanta, Tucker High School. Um, it seems outside of Tucker High School, he didn't qualify to get into any college or university. So if you notice on the website, it says AFA. Uh, anybody who's not familiar with uh, Metro Atlanta, AFA means Atlanta Sports Academy. How do I know this? My brother went to Atlanta Sports Academy. Okay. It's basically like a combine for college athletes who probably did not qualify for college but don't want to do the community college route. You know, it's basically just like just training just to get a uh, get your scholarship for the Division One program. And while you're training, you are taking classes at uh, a local college or community college where you can get eligibility. I think it's and I think we have another player that came from ASA if I don't uh, if I don't recall. But yeah, he I think spent two years there, and I think he took his courses over at Brooklyn College. And I think that his eligibility probably uh, happened right after he went to Atlanta Sports Academy. Mm. And but that's just a, uh, it's just a, a theory of mine. But I can see it happening, and it did happen to my brother. He did lose a, a year of eligibility when he went over to Southern Illinois. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, because I've been I've been hearing different stories. I hope not. He played well, even though. He ran into those issues in the middle of the year, so if we could find a way to bring him back, that would be helpful for uh, the presumptive quarterback uh, next year. So those are our second-teamers. And the third-teamers, Christopher Dukes, Charles Owens, unsung hero in the middle of defensive line, so he was a beast, uh, you know, when he, and, and, and a good job of, you know, anchoring that uh, the good defense in the middle. So he'll be missing, and Joshua Thorne, too. He was a, a thumper in the middle for us. So he'll be missed, and then also... Darius Banks. Now he's a sophomore, so he was the youngest guy to make it, and uh, he made it as a as a returner to the third team as well. So that rounds out our, our MEAC representative. Ten ten Pirates made it, and that's uh, pretty good for a team that uh, kind of finished middle in the pack. So hopefully we got some new talent waiting in the wings next year. I know I definitely agree. I mean, ten players and you didn't win the MEAC. You know, I know that's something that pretty that's pretty hard to swallow <clears throat> if you um i looked at charles owens i mean he was like the man in the middle of that defense and i've seen him like up close that guy is just he looks like a big block of cheese you know just kind of <laughs> you know just big but let me tell you this dude is solid and when i say the brother is solid i mean he like solid like he's very muscular and I mean, he, he, you could tell he put in the discipline and the time and the effort to prepare for his senior season. And, you know, and I think him be, uh, being selected to all MEAC, you know, I think that is the payoff. Joshua Thorne, yes, definitely was the anchor, you know, in the middle. And I, I, you look at Christopher Dukes, you know, 
he always has played behind a lot of running backs. You know, at first it was Jordan Washington, then I think it was Chisholm, then uh, at one point it was, uh, oh, God, uh, Coker, and then now he had his time to shine his senior year, and it actually worked. Darius Banks, you know, he was, uh, I think, uh, a wide receiver, and now he's a defensive back, and, you know, I'm happy for the guy. He's a sophomore, so we know going forward next year that we will have some depth um, at some of these positions. Yep, right on, right on. So, you know, and uh, I guess it's uh, signing season as well, so we've, we've seen some of the uh, thoughts on and seen some, some rumors and, and guys they've signed, so we'll be back to see how they plan on filling some of these spots, but there was some good talent on the team this year. So props to all those guys, props to the Pirates. So, yeah, man, let's move on to the Celebration Bowl. So the inaugural Celebration Bowl happened this past December. North Carolina A&T beat Alcorn State 41-34. to It was a pretty good game, uh, pretty competitive, um, as a lot of folks were excited by. I'm not excited by ratings, but the ratings were good, so a lot of people tuned in and caught the game. Uh, A&T should have coasted, but, you know, Broadway made some interesting moves, helped Alcorn State uh, stay in the game. Some of their star players were on the bench in the second period. I'm not sure if it's injuries or whatever, but that kind of allowed Alcorn, Alcorn State to get back into the game. And then Tariq Cohen, he just went nuts. He uh, rushed for 295 yards and three touchdowns, one of the best performances I've seen uh, from any any running back uh, in, a, in, a, in quite some time. So he was, he was dominant the entire game. So, you know, my thoughts for Cohen, uh, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this, Hampton uh, tonight. should Cohen go pro? Um, I'm not sure what else he has to prove at A&T. He can always get better. But if he has a chance of being drafted after that kind of performance, um, should he capitalize on that if possible and go pro? You know what? <laughs> I watched this game, and he was amazing. But let me say this. First, did he graduate from A&T yet? Um, I mean, if he has graduated, then he has nothing left to play for, definitely. But if he hasn't gotten that degree, then stay above A&T. And, I mean, you think about it. He did go nuts. He rushed for 295 yards and three touchdowns. You know, and, I mean, it's not like he's going against Alabama. Yeah, he went against Alcorn State. But Alcorn State had a pretty stout team. You know, they did win the SWAC last year. Yeah, that's the Division um, one. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's no yeah, and it's Division one. Yeah, and it's no cupcake. Like, I, in the open field, you cannot tackle Tariq Cohen. It's, the, it's impossible. And I can see that in the NFL, you know. You have some six-foot-two, 245-pound linebacker. You don't know. He's not catching him. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if I think if this level of academics is completed, I think he should go pro. But if you're still holding on to a, you know, if you're a couple credits short, you know, just come back, make your mama proud, you know, get that degree, you know, then uh, because we never know, you know, because remember it was the, the the returner that Florida had a few years back. Remember Leroy Van, and he was like the the eighth wonder of the MEAC when he was returning all those kicks and he was just great. And even Mike Singletary came to see him on his pro day and he didn't get drafted. Mm. So, you know, I, I just don't want to see that happen to the young brother. So I do want to see him get that degree and then, you know, go pro. If he, if he got already go, 
But if not, then, you know, I mean, yeah, you don't have nothing else to prove in him. Yeah, you do could get injured, but at the end of the day, you always have something to fall back on. That's true. That is true. And I, I would only recommend it if if he has some idea of where he would go and if he would be drafted. Um, and that's only if he wants to go pro. But, you know, average career, NFL career is, what, three, four years? So that would put him mid-20s, mid-early, mid you know, mid to late-20s. You can always go back to A&T, finish that degree. <laughs> and I think it may be in sports management, so that ain't going, you know, that'll be there. <laughs> so I think only because of his position, the wear and tear, um, and, you know, like they always talk now, like especially running backs, the whole goal is to get to that second contract. So you want to start that clock as early as possible. So if there is a chance, I would suggest that. But, yeah, if he's he, he enjoying Greensboro, which I would understand, then <laughs> stay in Bud A&T and get that degree. But, you know, I would say, you know, if it's a possibility, I would I would go. But, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, hey man, any thoughts about the game? What's what's any 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 uh any other thoughts about the atmosphere? Not the atmosphere, but just the game itself and how it was played. Well, covered? well, I was in the airport when the game was co- when the game was covered, and I remember sitting at a bar, and everybody was watching the game. Nobody knew who the teams were. Some kind of knew, and uh, I remember the lady sat next to me and she asked me, "Who are these teams?" One of them looks like West Virginia. I said, that's North Carolina A&T. She was like, oh, okay, okay. But, you know, if they're on a bowl team, that must mean they're some sort of a big team. You know, she probably thought it was like one of those low-level FBS programs. (laughs) So, no, but um, it was a competitive game. I, I was actually shocked that, you know, there were that many people in the stands. You know, I am a native Atlantan. And I know how Atlanta can be. It's very fickle. You know, you got to basically drag people out of their homes, especially in December. And I was surprised a lot of people came to the game. And it wasn't like a, I would say, a top matchup, like a FAMU or a Jackson State or a Southern or a Grand Lake, you know. So I was I was pretty impressed with the presentation. Um, uh I mean, I, and I think Broadway uh, made some excellent points where he talked about uh, the MEX just not equipped, you know, to for the playoffs. And, you know, I kind of got that sense um, with the actual production when Jay Walker was saying that A&T is five seconds away from being Black College National Champion. I mean, if you think about it, I, I don't care for that label. Just say... Uh, celebration Bowl champions, or at on the the Armed Reserve Air Force Bowl champions. Just say that you can get rid of the Black College National Champions. But I mean, overall, I would give it a B plus. I wouldn't give I, w- I would kind of give it an A, but I think when he said that, it dropped it from an A minus to a B plus. Yep, indeed. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think it was well played. I think it was a, a good presentation. I mean. Seems like ESPN really put their put their all into this, especially at at the FCS level. So um, I still maintain I'm not a fan of losing the auto bid, but at least it did come off well. So hopefully, hopefully it gets better. But uh, and just for the future, like we talked about in the past, I mean I do think the playoffs are done unless it's a miracle for someone to to uh, cross all those T's and dot all those I's actually get into the playoffs. 
And uh, like I said, I still don't like losing that auto bid. But at least this game went well. Let's see how it does. Oh no, I I agree with you. Nobody wants to lose that auto bid. You know, I think for us for years, you know, Hampton has made many attempts in the playoffs, and we just always have come up short. You know, and, and nobody wants to wants to stop. But um, I really think that. I mean, unless we're going to get there, you, we just have to have the capital. And I'm just coming to the point where either either we put up and shut up, or we just call it a and call it a day and go back to the two divisions. Because if you think about it, the MEAC would wreak havoc in division two. We would probably win so many championships, but I know it's not the sexy comp, sexy division. You know, everybody kind of wants to say we're division one, but some of us have to swallow our pride. Yeah. But, no, I do agree. I do think the playoffs are done. Yep, done. So, hey, that's the case. Hopefully we're playing a Celebration Bowl next year. <laughs> That'd be yeah, great. next year. If that's the furthest we can go, let's go that far. So, <laughs> that'd be cool. That'd, uh, cool, man. So, yeah, that wraps up the football coverage. We'll eventually talk about uh, the new prospects and some of the off-season happenings. But now it's time to get into basketball. So, uh, the men, they're looking pretty good. Um, they're over 500 at this point in time as of this taping, which is uh, January 13th on a Wednesday. So they're 8-7 overall, 4-0 in the MEAC. They actually have three overtime wins. I think that's the most overtime wins in Division One. Um, for me so far, the best, their best win has been the double overtime win at Northern Arizona. I actually caught that game online. Good game, mm-hmm. good game go travel across the West Coast and pull out a double overtime win. That was pretty cool. The worst loss, a 30-point loss at home to Princeton. I mean, uh, there ain't that many teams you should be losing a 32 unless they're like a top 25 team. So I don't know what happened with Princeton. Maybe they shot the lights out or something, but that shouldn't have happened. That was unexpected. And uh, let's see, the midseason MVP, at least for me, is uh, Quentin Chivas. So, I mean, he's been hurt, hurt actually throughout the season, but he's found a way to – to dig in and, and still play some great basketball. So um, he is the MVP. He's leading in points and rebounds and all kind of stats. So we'll get into that a little bit later. So that's that's my high-level thoughts on the team. Any thoughts, Sam, tonight? Uh, I'll, I'll first address the Princeton game. And I think that's the coach, uh, Tommy Amaker, who um, is the coach of that team, um, is he at, is he, he, at Har- uh, Howard or... Uh, oh, he's at, he's at Harvard, okay. But, you know, Princeton runs that same office that uh, John Thompson over at Georgia, Georgetown runs, the Princeton offense. Yep. And I, I think we lost to basically a scheme. You know, I mean, I, I would say the players probably, you know, I mean, are somewhat the same. You know, I, I think on the same level, you know, it's just you know, low-level Division One players. But their scheme, I would say, was pretty much, <laughs> you know, it, it was, you're talking about a perfect scheme, and I think they caught us at a wrong time. And, of course, we took a, took a serious L on that game. <laughs> and I would say uh, mid-season MVP, absolutely, Quint Tevious is, is, I mean, he is the heart and soul of that team. You know, when we watched him play against Manhattan, he had to be carried off the court yeah. uh, after the game. Literally, the trainer and Joyner had to carry him off the court. And it was just so, you know, I mean, it's 
you know, he bleeds for that team. And, uh, I mean, even this year, you know, I mean, you can tell he's hurt um, some of these games. And I, I, sometimes I'm just saying, please, don't play him. You know, we played Morgan State, and I'm like, I'm like, don't play him, Coach. Don't play him because Morgan State has barely won a game this year. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, I'll say three overtime wins, you know, that means that they definitely can play close. And, you know, 4 0 to me, I call ready. Even though they had a scare, I guess, the other night with Bethune Cookman, because I think they were down five late, very late, and they came back. You know, that's a good sign. And I think um, Buck Joyner, man, I mean, he's really coming into his own, you know, if you think about it, you know, because I think he was kind of trying to learn how to be a head coach. And now I think he has got the play. That's a pretty good nucleus around him. And Quentin Nickel, and I mean, I mean, Nico, Dwight, what was it? Dwight Nickel is not even playing. Right. And, <laughs> I mean, I am extremely impressed. And if you look at the roster, there's a lot of players on this roster. So, obviously, the AD has given him more scholarship money. And, you know, he's getting his type of players in. So, so far, good. I mean, kudos to Buck Joyner. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you know, just a funny story. So, you know, over the, over the holidays, I was out in uh, Vegas uh, visiting some family. Uh, my in-laws out there. And I just looked up on the, on the, on the schedule. I was like, holy crap, Hampton's playing. They were at uh, uh, one of the classics or one of the tournaments out there. So, we went out there. It was like an early game. Man, there was probably twenty people in the arena. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> so I saw that. I saw that photo you posted. <laughs> yeah. So, but the good thing about it is, I mean, we got down close, relatively close. I mean, and you could hear and see everything, and you could just watch the rapport with like coach and his other coaches and the team. Like, there's there's a definite chemistry there, a definite mm-hmm. trust. And um, you can just see how they communicate. And you just compare that to the other team they were playing. I forget who they were playing. Uh, <laughs> Louisiana teams. <laughs> I mean, oh, what the Louisiana Monroe? I yeah, think. Yeah, they, they weren't talking. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, it was just a definite. So you could tell, like, coaches created his kind of his kind of roster, and they trust and believe in him and trust in each other. It was a pretty good thing to watch and see, you know, how he how he deals deals with the team versus how. Things kind of look a little bit haphazard a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I think he's rounding in the shape. And then at some point in time, he's got to start being considered as one of the better coaches in the MEAC. I mean, you know, we got some high-profile names, especially like Moten. But, you know, he's got to look at the real production. And, and, and you know, and then I think Joyner can start to be part of that conversation. But, yeah, I mean, he's he definitely, you know, turned the corner with this team and building, you know, a kind of team I think that he wants. Absolutely, absolutely. Now I got a question for you. What do you think Deron Powers is saying right now? Man, let's see. He's up in Hofstra, right? Hofstra, yeah. The Flying Dutchman. So he's up in uh, Long Island, sitting out the year. I think. I think he has to sit out the year. He's yeah. So, ah. Man, it depends on why he left. <laughs> but <laughs> depends on why he left. But I, I, it can't be a good feeling, man. I mean, you know, you went through the fire with these guys. You see they're playing well. You know, one of their one of, one thing they do need is point guard help. So I mean, he was. I mean, they were planning on him being there. So he's got to he's got to be feeling, as they say, some kind of way <laughs> about not being part of the team. But uh, yeah, man, he's up in Long Island. 
sitting out. I hope, I hope he's enjoying himself. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say that. Hampton the Hofstra. Interesting choice. Interesting choice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So, but, uh, yeah, but, you know, what? what's good about the team? So, they've proven they can finish games, overtime wins, close wins at the end. So, some of these games are closer than they shouldn't have been, but also they've come back. And so they, they can finish, which is good, and they're going to need that. It's going to definitely serve them well, uh, especially once they get to tournament time. And then Chivas, although Chivas, I think, is the MVP, I mean, they have a range of different scores. So, I mean, any night, you know, somebody can get hot. So either Chivas, usually Johnson, or um, the two-guard name just slipped my mind, um, uh, Darden. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Brian Dart, Brian Dart. Yeah, any any of those three guys can lead you in scoring any given night. So they're pretty, pretty balanced in that way. So I think that, mm-hmm. you know that's pretty good uh, sign for the team. What's not good about the team? Or what can they work on? They need a point guard. That's not changing this year. So you can tell yeah. things get stagnant at times, and they just start jacking up shots, man, because there's nobody. Really directing things at times, so you can you can see that, um, and they can go cold, and that's how these teams can get back in into the games, and then in, inside they need a consistent presence, not necessarily scoring all the time, but guys who always you know kind of are gonna be there and play smart, use their fouls correctly, you know know how to play the game and, and stay in the game. So I think that's gonna hurt them down the stretches, not always having an inside. Because uh, Presley's a beast when he's like focused and into it and paying attention. Like, but sometimes, man, uh, he just he just uh, you know commits some crazy fouls and things that's just hard to see. So, but the, yeah, he's too busy. He's too busy looking at the girls in the stands. Yeah, and, which and, I understand, man. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and giggling. Yeah, yeah, man, just, hey. yeah, yeah. You could tell a lot, man. Talking to the Fans talking to the ref. Yeah, that was also at the. Uh, that was interesting to see when I was at that uh, Louisiana Row game. I mean, because it was so quiet, man. You could hear a ref talking to the players. Absolutely. So Presley, you know, there was. I don't think he played that game, but all the you know the band was going back and forth. But I see Presley, you know, gets into it. The ref, so he just needs to focus, man. And and then yeah. Then I think there's no way stopping the team. If he can focus, nobody's gonna stop the Pirates. So. Anything? Absolutely. Have I missed anything, man? The, the good and no, no. I mean, I mean, I'm just going to pretty much reiterate exactly what you said. You know, we definitely do not have a point guard. I mean, I know uh, Maynard uh, did sign. Not Maynard. I'm sorry. Yep. But Joyner has signed Jaquan Carwell out of I think Emmett High, I think this is New Jersey, and he is a flat out stud. Next year. I mean, I'm just going. I'm gonna put that in your ear, Jaquan Carlisle. Guy is, a, guy is amazing. You know, I mean, you you will see him, and he's a true point guard. You know, he he knows how to set his players up. So, I mean, I don't know if he would crack the lineup next year. He might come in, you know, because he's young. You know, you're going up against you know uh, seasoned veterans, but he is a definite player. Um. I do think that, yeah, we do run cold. I'm, when I say cold, ice cold. Yep. And, you know, Brian Darden, you know, he, when he is on, he is on. And, you know, he's an excellent three-point specialist. And, of course, um, of course, we, you know, uh, Quentin Chivas and 
the rest of them. But sometimes Quentin Seniors can play a little reckless, you know, driving in the lane, you know, causing unnecessary files, files. And, of course, Javon Presley, you know, if he's into it, he is into it. But, you know, I think a lot of it is basically this team just – I think this team is a later team, you know, but they have started off well. Once they would get to, I would say, probably tournament time, that is when I think we will start seeing really clicking on cylinders and all cylinders. And just to be honest, man, I'm excited because I know we have uh, – we got North Carolina Central coming up on uh, the 18th on uh, ESPNU, you know. I'll be there. I, I'll be there. Yeah, I am frothing at the mouth to see that game. <laughs> and Because I know Moten, you know, he – you know, he's pretty mad that he didn't get a chance to go back to the uh, to the big dance uh, last year. So I'm excited for it. I'm excited for that. Sweet. Yep, yep. I shall be at the uh, Central game and hopefully the A&T game, uh, too, coming up this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think and, – and Central's having a down year, so uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, there's a good chance for them to, to really take it to – the preseason favorites, uh, Central. <laughs> yeah, because we haven't we haven't actually won the MEAC. We've only won the tournaments with Joiner. Yep. That would be so. That would be a feat for him true. to win the actual MEAC. Yep, yep, very true. Yeah. Well, they got a good start, four and zero in the MEAC. Yeah. So yeah. So let's go down some of the leaders real quick. So, um, uh, let's see. Chivas uh, leads the team in scoring at a little over seventeen. Reggie, Reggie Johnson is uh, second at 16 points a game, and Darden is uh, third in scoring at uh, almost 15 points per game. And then Presley averages uh, seven, 7.2 points per game. Um, one thought about Johnson, you talk about streaky, man. Johnson can be like, I mean, he, he can go two for 20, and then the next one he'll go like 15 for 20. I mean, he's got the green light. And but you know he does a lot. He actually runs the point a lot too. So but yeah, he can he can shoot shoot you in and shoot you out. But you know he, he he's he's um he's our second leading scorer. So we need him to keep shooting. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see three point leaders. You talked about uh, Brian Darden. He's a specialist. So he's far and away the team's best three point shooter, averaging almost thirty five percent. Uh, making almost three three points per game, three three pointers per game. Uh, Chivas also leads the team in rebounds at 10.8 uh, per game. Second is uh, Presley at 6.3. Reggie Johnson leads the team in assists, a little over three. Presley leads the team in blocks, one and a half. Uh, Reggie Johnson leads the team in steals at two per game. Um, and in minutes, Reggie Johnson is playing 35 minutes per per game, so he's getting a lot of minutes. Chivas is second at 33, and uh, Darden is, sec- is third at 32. So those guys are logging heavy minutes, and they're carrying the team. So that, that's that's our output for the season so far. And the three yeah. stars, <laughs> three stars in the team. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. So let's get those guys to stay healthy and. Um, Bring us that first regular season, if I'm correct, if you're both correct, uh, uh, MEAC title. Um, so, yeah, let's jump into the MEAC standings, go through that pretty quickly. Hampton, of course, is number one at 4-0. and Surprise team is South Carolina State. They're at 3-1. and They're second in the MEAC. 
Howard is at two and one. So let's talk about Howard a little bit. Nickelberry, um, of course, <laughs> the former, <laughs> the former uh, Hampton uh, head coach. If, uh, if if folks aren't familiar, he's, he was at Hampton for a while. Great recruiter. Teams were bogged down in the MEAC schedule, and 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 things would just kind of fall apart. But it looks like he may have found his footing uh, this year with Howard. Of course, they have the the nation's leading scorer. And uh, James Daniel, but uh, Howard is second at two and one. Any thoughts on Howard or those top three so far? Man? I'll say this: I lived across the street from uh, Bird Gymnasium over with Howard, and I used to run into their players all the time when we get when we get our haircuts. And so I, you know, I overheard a lot of their conversations about Nickelberry. You know, they said basically when he recruited them, he basically. Uh, told them that Howard, uh, Howard is, will give them the sun, moon, and the stars, you know, and uh, obviously, you know, they didn't get that. But, you know, Nickelberry is a great recruiter, but, you know, his actions and all still need a lot of refinement. And, I mean, I'm just going to say this, you know, he's, yeah, he's winning now, but when the game is, when the game comes down to strategy, and let's let's see what happens then, you know, because Buck Joyner was his assistant. True. And, <laughs> and, you know, he used to run that little frantic 40 defense or whatever that was. And by that time, the players were so gassed by the end of the, and by the end of the game, you know, they couldn't play close. You know, teams would just pull away. So, I mean, I'm happy to see that he's successful. I just doubt his X's and O's, and he hasn't proved it since. Yep. Yeah, we've we've seen that movie. We've sat through that <laughs> many games. <laughs> yeah. And 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 quite frankly, been appalled. Who's been sitting behind that bench for like what the hell is going on over here? But uh, <laughs> we shot. He did. He did the right. He, he did the right thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, pretty much a log jam. No one really else to report. Norfolk State is two and one. Bethune Cookman two and one. Central surprising two and two. And. uh that the rest of the MEAC. So uh, the most, you know, I guess, you know, impressive stat uh, for the MEAC so far is um, uh, James Daniel is leading the nation in scoring. So um, he's averaging 28 and a half points per game. So that's pretty impressive no matter what. Um, so that's pretty cool. And then Chivas, he's third in the MEAC in scoring and first in rebounding. So that's pretty impressive. Um, any other superlatives? Oh, Chivas, he also leads the MEAC in field goal percentage. Um, so if you want, if you didn't have James Daniel, I would, he should be considered for MVP candidate. Still should be. So he's definitely balling this year. But, uh, yeah, that's it so far, man. Any thoughts on the MEAC in general and what we, what you think we'll see coming down the stretch? Um, well, this is when we're going to start to see the meat of the schedule. You know, Hampton is going to take it, uh, I would say it's Carolina tour, you know, with Central and, of course, A&T on the horizon. And then you know, and then we'll probably, we'll see uh, the Savannah State, South Carolina State, and, of course, the uh, infamous Battle of the Bay. So, and plus, we look like we got a, I would say, a throw-in, <laughs> Washington at Venice. I mean, I don't understand why uh, Joyner would put a team like that on our schedule because it would definitely hurt us. 
come tournament time, if we're that lucky. But um, as far as the media in general, I do think that Hampton, Hampton's players would gel to the point where they are the clear front runner. But I don't think that's something that we could rest on, you know, because South Carolina State, surprisingly, and when I say surprisingly, I say surprisingly, is second. Because if you see their facilities, you would say, wow, I am surprised that they are second. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a big, but I'm just being honest. I think they're the um, second, too. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They haven't been, oh, God, since uh, Sly, Sly Alexander was there. And, you know, they have not made not one upgrade on that uh, gymnasium like that. But I'm just going to say I'm surprised and I'm happy for them. And I just don't, I just want to see us beat them when they come to the Convocation Center on the 25th of January. But to sum it all up, I do think that the MEAC, uh, is, I would say it's a little bit of a down year for all the, for the top teams like Central and, uh, of course, Norfolk, Norfolk State's kind of hanging in there. And I am surprised with Howard, you know, because the dominant teams in the MEAC are not at the top. But, you know, we're starting to see, like, you know, teams that are traditionally were Bottom fears now are competitive in the MEAC, and that's a good thing. Yep, that's true. That's true. So, yeah, man, it's uh, good to be in first place. Hopefully we're still there next time we catch up. And then next time we'll talk about the ladies. They've had a, a pretty interesting year as well. So um, that's it for our first podcast of 2016. Man, it's been good talking to you. And uh, we'll be back. I'm not sure when we'll be back, but hopefully some point next <laughs> week. So subscribe to us on SoundCloud. Also, come check the website, and you know exactly when the next podcast will be coming out. But it will be out soon, hopefully next week. So, good talking to you, man. Absolutely, man. All right, everybody take care. Peace. Peace.